Good afternoon and good morning. It's Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you back to another edition of our Leaders and Customer Loyalty Series. In this series, we speak with leading brands about what they are seeing on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Derek Widell, the Director of Loyalty at Parkland. How are you, Derek? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, first off, we'd like to start these on a personal level, get to know the individual speaking with a, a little bit more, uh, understand kind of their current role uh, within the organization, maybe a little backstory as well of the previous roles you had that maybe that were applicable, and then also a fun fact, a passion you may have outside of work. All right, sounds good. Uh, so I'm the director of loyalty programs at uh, Parkland. Uh, I've only been around since September, so I'm, you know, I'm kind of a veteran at this point uh, after nine months in, but uh, you know, still learning the business quite a bit. Uh, came from M&M Food Market, which is a frozen food retailer uh, in Canada with uh, over 300 different locations there, uh, where I ran different, um, you know, digital marketing, e-commerce, and loyalty leadership roles there. Um, but you know, I've done a lot of different things uh, from a consumer marketing perspective uh, in retail and nonprofit. Um, the agency side as well, and including documentary broadcasts, which was a little bit of a, uh, you know, kind of detour for me, but, you know, informed my storytelling as well. So um, really love retail and been in it for a bit of time. My team at Parkland is responsible for uh, loyalty across the business in uh, Canada, US and international with a big focus in the Canadian market uh, with the Journey Rewards program. And so, well, I'm sure we'll get into that quite a bit over the next uh, little while, but um, fun fact about myself, uh, I'm a very, even though I'm based in Canada, kind of near Toronto, I'm a very big college football fan, specifically Michigan Wolverines. I know you're in Cincinnati, so I'm not sure how you react to that. <laughs> Mark, but uh, uh, I believe Maze and Blue. You know, my dad had season tickets growing up. I go to multiple games all the time. Love the tailgating, all that kind of thing. You know, into recruiting, all that stuff. So that's my passion outside of work. That's good. Uh, I I'm not an Ohio State fan, actually. Uh, my good. We yeah, can continue then. <laughs> One daughter, my next daughter. She's uh, pretty much a, she's a freak athlete. She wants to go to Michigan to run track. So. We'll see. They've been to many camps up there, swimming camps, soccer camps. Uh, so we, uh, I, I definitely like Michigan over Ohio State. So all right, we're all good then. <laughs> yeah, good, uh, perfect. So for Parkland, uh, for those who may not know, uh, you guys kind of have a very unique uh, entity. Can you give us a short history of what you guys do, how you do it, uh, and who you do it with? Yeah. Uh, so Parkland's a leading convenience and fuel marketer, um, and across twenty five different countries. But it started off very humbly in a single gas station in, in Alberta. And, uh, you know, it's it's mostly focused on retail. So there's about 3,500 retail locations across all those markets with the, the biggest, uh, uh, you know, we're serving about a million customers a day uh, across all those uh, locations. So, you know, it's quite a big uh, volume and frequency. Um, as part of that business and and the business takes different shapes and forms across the different markets as well. Um, you know, our biggest focus from a loyalty perspective is in Canada. So like we, we operate under the fuel brands of Chevron, uh, Pioneer, Fast Gas and Chev and, um, uh, Ultramar in Canada, uh, from a, uh, from a journey rewards perspective. We also operate under ESSO. That's, uh, another brand in Canada, but there's a whole mix of them in the U S and mostly under the sole brand and in, in international. Those are a couple other brands we work with too. Um, but you know, we're 
we're, uh, you know, s serving lots of customers every day. Uh, it's a fast growing business that's been largely through acquisitions and partnerships and deals that, um, you know, started from that, that single gas station in Alberta and now reaching to that 3,500 plus uh, retail location. So it's a really good Canadian success story that's, that's grown internationally. Okay, excellent. When you look at uh, customer loyalty, I know you guys have a uh, uh, very successful customer loyalty program, award-winning. You know, when you look at the program, you know, how does the program work? How do members engage with it? Uh, you know, what are the benefits, and you know, how do you keep it current? Yeah, so we're, it's a certainly a feel-focused first program. Um, that's not the only thing we're trying to accomplish, but that's the hook for customers. And it, it works quite differently than your typical earn and burn program. There are points you're acquiring, but that points are more of a tracker for your milestones uh, within a journey. So we operate under what we call like a 300-point cycle. Um, so every liter you, you pump, you get a point, and every dollar you spend in the C-store gets you two points. And as you go along to that 300 point end state, at that 300 point mark, you get seven cents per liter off your fill. So that's the hook of the program. Along that journey to the 300 points, there are a couple of different free unlocks at the 75 and 150 point levels. So that gives you opportunities to uh, select, you know, free chocolate bar, water, chips, or maybe an additional uh, two cents off per liter in your next fill. Uh, we're, all, we're also introducing other brands into there too, because we've re recently purchased M&M Food Market last year. So there's frozen food offerings too, uh, you know, carbon credits, those types of things. And those, the 75 and 150 level is really about engaging customers in a kind of micro redemption fashion along that journey to the, you know, real kind of hook that the customer has at the seven cents per liter discount at the 300 point level. And that, you know, those micro redemption opportunities are really about driving customers into the C store. Uh, and, you know, we kind of really look at what our program is trying to do from two different lenses is, you know, Fuel stations is, you know, price and location are really important. And then loyalty is about making you turn left instead of right to the gas stations that you're making a choice on. And the the micro conversion opportunities is once we got you at that gas station, can we get you then to move another extra 20 feet into the C store as well? So that's fundamentally what we're trying to accomplish as a loyalty program. Okay. Can you talk about uh, one of the things I find interesting with the Sea Store Arena, the front court, the back court, how that works, how the fuel may not necessarily match up with uh, kind of the, the, the merchant locations. It, it's kind of interesting how that works. We'd love to hear a little more about that if you don't mind. Yeah. I'll start off. It's a very complicated business <laughs> with a lot of co complexities of brands and relationships and you know, dealer models versus corporately owned models and all those kinds of things. And as a result, it plays a lot of complications into the loyalty program and how that gets executed with our customers. We talk about forecourt versus backcourt. Forecourt's, you know, referring really to the uh, the fuel part of the of the location itself, right? And backcourt referring to the C store and any of the other ancillary uh, you know retail opportunities there too. And so, you know, the the forecourt in a lot of cases could be branded differently than how the backcourt's branded. And some, some, you know, companies have that all aligned together and it, it's, there's just a considerable web of you know, different relationships and business models going on that, that kind of creates a lot of complexities around what seems like it should be a simple thing. 
Okay. And do community stores have high brand loyalty? You talked about make, making, getting, uh, them able to make that right turn versus the left turn or, or is fuel based more on price? So I know in the past we've spoken with people where people could be irrational, right? They'll drive 15 miles to get uh, that 10 cent discount. They don't realize that they, they spent more than that, you know, <laughs> going through it. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's a mix of rational and irrational behavior, like you described, right? Because a lot of the, you know, drivers around, you know, making a choice on fuel is certainly around price and location, which are pretty rational things to do. The where it becomes irrational is the understanding of the, you know, sometimes on the discounts of these things, right? So, so you might spend more money, you know, driving to a different location or waiting in line and idling than the difference in the in the price or the discount you're getting through the loyalty program. But people do respond to that. Um, and so, you know, it's, we need to always balance you know, providing the right value to that customer um, along with, uh, you know, making sure that the program's profitable. So that's always a tricky balance on, in a space where margin's super tight, like you're talking pennies all the times uh, uh, that you're kind of fighting it out for, right? So, um, you know, from a brand loyalty perspective, I mean, it depends on the customers. We certainly see that, you know, our pioneer brand uh, is understood as, you know, usually a cheaper alternative than something like Chevron, which is another one of the brands we operate, uh, which is understood as more of a premium. And, and you get different customers there too. From a C-Store perspective, the brand I haven't mentioned, which is actually really important for our business is on the run uh, that, you know, we, we have the rights to in Canada and, and, and the U.S. that we're rolling out across all those nations or across those different locations on the C-Store side of things. And um, how Canadians, you know, is a bit different than what it is in the U.S. too. Like you see a broader mix or larger variety of the types of C-Stores, um, you know, from, you know, holes in the walls to like real destination spots where you don't see that same destination spot to the same degree in Canada. And I think that's changing over time too. So um, I'd say, you know, the consumers are loyal to the brands in different ways in the different regions as well. Okay. When you look at the customers of Parkland, do you have kind of a diverse offering uh, you know, in a program that kind of uh, addresses that? You know, do they have discerning traits? Uh, there's some uniquenesses to them um, or, you know, what is, what, what do they look like as customers? Yeah. I mean, I'd say like, um, you know, the typical way as a marketer, you might look at customers. It's, uh, you know, we certainly have some segments of uh, customers that, you know, we prefer, but like realistically, like drivers are, are who we're looking at for the, for the program, uh, you know, from a, a, you know, from a general perspective, right? Like um, anyone who's, who's driving this program can work for, for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, the interesting thing about the program is we're not creating demand. We're choosing, we're trying to drive them to choose to have, you know, their set demand spent with us as opposed to others. So it, it's, it's interesting from that perspective. I think, you know, the, the, some of the customer traits that are different from other industries is the frequency that we have touch points with them, you know, our, you know, average active customers shopping, uh, interacting with the program, you know, like weekly for the most part right and so you know your heavy users are doing multiple times a week so it's a high frequency business and and our customers are more frequent than your typical non-loyalty customers as well uh, so you know they're and they're spending more and filling up more right so all the types of things you want to see from a loyalty customer but you know we we're spread pretty wide on the types of like you know the um, demographics and 
and uh, psychographics of these customers for sure from the program uh, perspective. And, you know, we're trying to diversify that with through partnerships as well. You know, so, uh, you know, we have our key partnership in CIBC, which is a major bank in Canada. Uh, you know, as our launch partner has been our oldest partner and, and you know, really important strategic partner for us. Um, we are close to launching Aeroplan you know, in the coming months as well, a uh, partnership with Aeroplan, which is, you know, the, the, the largest airline uh, in Canada and largest airline program in Canada, uh, loyalty program in Canada as well. Um, you know, that's that's going to bring in a whole different set of customers that are a little bit more higher end and very sophisticated from a loyalty perspective as well. Uh, so it's partnerships and is helping that diversity of the customers too. Okay. When you look at partnerships, that's a, you know, a pretty significant area of interest for Loyalty360. We actually had a, a, a member-only brand meeting this week to talk about partnerships, what's working, what's not working. You know, they can stretch the gamut from just buying a, a series of points from uh, you know, Aeroplan or uh, you know, MGM or whomever, or they can be completely integrated. I think most fuel offerings tend to be more integrated just because of the regulatory piece and the payment processing piece and just some of the complexities there. You know, how do you look at partnerships uh, from a Parkland perspective? How do you get them to work, especially as kind of the whole landscape for partnerships seems to be changing more? I mean, fewer partnerships, more in, in, kind of involved partnerships. You know, what are you seeing? Yeah, for us, like we're in a growth state still. Like, so, you know, we've been around for four years, um, but we're still adding a lot of members and we're still in a growth mode. So partnerships for us, um, one are all are very strategic. Uh, you know, we're we're being thoughtful about who we're partnering with and how that you know uh, brings credibility and equity to our brand, which is a newer brand in the loyalty space. So you know, having brands like CIBC, which is a top five bank in Canada, uh, and Aeroplan, which is you know one of the biggest programs out there in Canada, Canada being you know one of the more dynamic loyalty spaces out there in general, um, you know, brings brings a lot of credibility to our brand journey rewards as well. So it's it's certainly brand equity, certainly um, you know, member acquisition and growth. Those are really key pieces to our partnership strategy. Uh, it's making sure that we're you know giving extra value to our partners, as well as making sure our partners are getting a lot of value of the program too. Which you know is easy to say, but you know, difficult to execute on, of course. And and um, our program design lends itself well to uh, having multiple large partners because we can be pretty distinct in the offering between the partners. So with CIBC, we have an everyday discount of, of you know, three cents off on uh, per liter on every fill. Um, you know, we're not public yet with the details on the Aeroplan integration, but it's going to be an integrated approach where, you know, uh, aeroplane customers are going to participate in the journey program to, you know, get some aeroplane benefits. It's not a straight, you know, currency swap, right? And that that's yeah, yeah. because of our the the structure of our program allows for that type of activity, which which is great for us and great for our partners because they can differentiate their offering. Um, but also, it you know makes the customer have to actually participate in the program actively and understand it, and therefore become you know. Uh, more engaged in our program and engaged with our brands and you know allows us to help manage the behavior that we're hoping to see out of the program too 
So, you know, there's a couple different pieces there to summarize, right? It's the acquisition, the equity, but also, you know, leveraging the design of the program to, to really, you know, get the most of these partnerships and hope they get a lot of us too. Okay, great. Well, a little bit, uh, your customers, right? Uh, how you look at them. Do they give you feedback about the experiences? Uh, do you give a voice of customer, you know, things that you may enhance, things that they're looking for with regard to experiences, the service level or the, you know, the, the program itself? Yeah, uh, absolutely. We get that from a number of different sources. Uh, uh, you know, we have our own call center set up that, you know, we're constantly monitoring what type of information, you know, whether from trends to like, you know, bugs and, and those types of things to, to solve on those experiences, but also, you know, what are things that they're appreciating and liking too? We do, we do get some positive calls every now and then on the, on the uh, call center front, which is always encouraging. Um, and, you know, of course, using social media is a good listening spot for us to understand what customers are reacting to. Uh, and then at the operator level too, is really critical for us from a voice of customer perspective. Um, Cause you know, the, the program lives and dies with that in-person experience at the pump and at the backcourt. Uh, this program, by definition, uh, you know, has to have a physical component, right? Like you're you're driving your car and you're you know um, filling up physically at these stations. There's nothing you can't digitize that experience, right? So, so there's always going to be that in-person moment where the program lives and dies, and our operators are a great, uh, you know, funnel for a lot of that um, feedback from the customers because you know they're going to hear it, uh, they're going to get, it, and they're interacting with the customers. I think our challenge is, of course, um, you know, we're we're a fuel-based program, or if, you know, the C store program, fuel-based program, that you know, you you have you know a lot of kids working these jobs, you, you it's a you know a lot of high turnover, um, so you know informing and training those people to interact properly with those customers and take the feedback we need and funnel that up is very difficult. But at the same time, you know, um, a lot of what we've received from customers has directly impacted changes we've made in the program to, you know, allowing customers to choose when the, when they use their uh, discounts to what kind of offers we put into at the, you know, 75 and 150 point freebie levels um, to, you know, we just did a big app redesign uh, that was you know, pretty extensive that the customer feedback over time fed into that. Of course, we you know, brought it to user testing too and, and did research on all those things as well. You know, this is only going to work if the customers like it. So we, we need to ensure that we're constantly listening and we have, you know, a, a growing muscle muscle in how we you know, cross-functionally come together to look at all the feedback we're seeing from all these different channels and feed that into our, you know, development roadmap and program roadmap too. Okay. What's the biggest challenge you face uh, in your role? What, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> um, I think it's on two fronts. I kind of talked a bit about the challenge at the operator level that, you know, it's the biggest opportunity, but it's the, you know, it's really challenging for us in a head office space to be impacting to the degree we want to that customer and, you know, human interaction that happens. Right. Um, you know, you have, you know, like 19 year olds that, you know, you know, may show up on Monday and may, and may be done with that job on Friday. Right. And uh, so keeping them trained and informed in the program, um, especially with, you know, different business models where you have dealers that, you know, are, have a, 
big range of of interest and understanding of the program themselves and relying on them to train up to those uh in that staff it's a challenge it's a it's a it's an ongoing challenge um to break through and make sure they're using the right messages and understanding you know how important that customer interaction is for the program so that that's that's one that keeps me up at night i think the other one is how are we constantly you know evaluating understanding the right messages to send to consumers and what's what's driving um value for them that also equals value for us as a program so what are the right customer touch points what's the right message what's the right offer um how we do this at scale how we get more and more personalized you know all the things all like marketers and loyalty people are sweating like um and it's all you know but both of those things are centered around how we interact with our customers right so fundamentally it's our customers that keep me up at night um i just hadn't put it together till now that those are both the same thing uh and you know so it's all the different touch points with the customers fundamentally okay uh, are there programs you admire from a customer loyalty perspective customer uh, you know programs that uh that you're loyal to uh and, and if so what are they who are they and, and why are you loyal to them yeah it's it's interesting uh you know up in canada there's it's a pretty dynamic loyalty space um you know there's some that have been around for a long time so you know PC optimum is when you're always kind of measuring yourself uh, towards. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, it's you know, uh, Loblaws grocery chain along with uh, Shoppers Drug Mart, um, the pharmacy. Uh, they had two massive programs, and then Loblaws bought them and combined it all together. And it's a massive, massive program that you know there's huge resources behind it. And so, I mean, that's a space you're always wanting to you know pay attention to and and understand what they're up to and one that almost everyone is interacting with because so many of the retail spaces are attached to that program so you know it's kind of hard to avoid that one and um, they've done a great job and and continue to like develop out that program you know interact with uh their customers and and you know kind of you know, another high frequency type of situation with you know, find different ways and touch points to to interact with you and and get you to you know predict what you want and when you want it and and how you uh and best ways to hook you into that um mcdonald's ones we we talk we have chat ongoing chat on with McDon about mcdonald's and looking at you know all the different uh, and that's has some similarities to us where they have like different point levels to your spending points instead of tracking points. But, um, you know, we think we have, there's a lot of similarities in those, or a lot of things that we could uh, leverage from there to introduce into our program. So we pay attention to that. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about, you know, M&M Food Market in Canada, an interesting loyalty program there that's very different than most of the ones I've just mentioned, um, you know, partially because I come from that space, but I also find it like very unique in the marketplace too. And that, uh, it, it fun it functions a little bit more like a membership program in that it's it's really uh like over 95% of uh the the transactions happening in those locations are with the member account uh like a loyalty member account so like the amount of data is incredible the um the way the program's woven into the dna of the business like you don't struggle getting franchise partners to participate in the program it's like it's as as straightforward as handing out a receipt to them. Like it's it's just part of operating. Um, so I think like the 
kind of DNA of loyalty within M&M I find super fascinating and, and you know, want to find ways to replicate that at uh, Parkland through the Journey Rewards program. Okay, excellent. Uh, and last question, uh, you know, what can Loyalty360 do to help you and your team in your customer loyalty journey? You know, I think uh, industry best practices, like learning how other programs are doing different things and being innovative. Um, you know, we're all trying to stand out, right? And we're all trying to figure out how to break through the noise. There's never been more loyalty programs, uh, you know, out there. And um, so, you know, customers can participate in probably only so many and, and or be active and engaged in it in only so many different ways. So, you know, what are, what are, what's, What's, what are people having success on? What are some of the benchmarks? Um, and how does that, how do we apply those to our business and think about that different way to make that stand out too? Uh, you know what, at the end of the day, like we're, we're fuel and convenience store business feels a grudge purchase, right? So like, you know, no, you know, we're, we're not going to win with, uh, you know, uh, you know, without being like really precise and and creating a value uh, proposition to the customer, yeah. Um, so we gotta get creative and and making that team less grudged. <laughs> like, yeah. all right, good. Uh, grudge purchase and uh, move it away from being a grudge grudge purchase. That's quite interesting. <laughs> we won't go all the way there. We just need to make the less painful. Is is I think is the the goal there. Okay, good. Well, uh, Derek, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us today. Very interesting to hear uh, a little bit more about you and also uh, your, uh, you know, interesting program, Parkland, uh, and, and kind of interesting to hear what keeps you up at night as well. So uh, thank you very much for taking the time to share uh, with us today. Very yeah, really appreciate it. Thanks for having the, having me on and look forward to hearing the, the other guests you have on over the, over the time. Excellent. Thank you, everyone, uh, as well, for listening. Uh, make sure you join us for another edition of our Leaders and Customer Loyalty Series coming up soon. Have a wonderful day.